Podcast, Answer Man, episode number 257. Entertaining, educational, and encouraging content that makes a difference. This is GSPN.TV. Join the community. Hi, this is Leo Laporte of This Week in Tech, and you're listening, (laughs) you're smart, to Cliff Ravenscraft. He is the Podcast Answer Man. Well, hello, my friends, and welcome back to another episode of the Podcast Answer Man. My name is Cliff Ravenscraft, and this, my friends, is the podcast about podcasting, helping you take your show to the next level. It doesn't matter if you're a brand new podcaster, if you have been podcasting for many years, or you haven't quite yet recorded that first episode, there's something we can all do to take our show to the next level. That's right, my friends. Taking things to the next level is what it's always about. And today I'm going to be featuring an interview that I did with my great friend Rob Walsh from Libsyn slash Wizard Media, talking about how they're taking their stats reporting to the next level. If you want to hear all about stats reporting for Libsyn Media uh, or Liberated Syndication, Wizard Media, if you want to hear all kinds of other technical jargon and, and stuff related to podcasting with my interview with Rob, some exciting things coming up there. So stay tuned. I uh, want to kick things off, though, with what I like to start off each and every week these days, and that is with a random plug of the week. <laughs> you know, I'm just looking over here. It's like I should probably pull my notes up and put them right in front of me. There we go. My random plug of the week this week goes out to, um, it's actually called the Busy Moms Survival Guide with PJ Jonas. And of course, you might imagine that the host of the show is PJ Jonas. And PJ, along with her husband, Jim, together actually have a very unique story that is also extremely inspiring. In fact, I want to encourage everybody to do this. Just go over to Goat milkstuff.com that's goatmilkstuff.com and on the right hand side of the front page I remember the very first time I heard about PJ Jonas and I clicked play right on the little embedded YouTube video from the Today Show great story only takes you about three and a half minutes to go through and just totally be inspired about what's possible when you just start something out of your home and and all of a sudden it turns into a you know well let's just say a business that generates a lot of income something that started out and and here's the really incredible story pj jonas is a mom of eight children she homeschools and her husband and Jim and herself together run this major business of selling soap made from goat milk. And they do most of the work themselves all together as a family. So you can imagine that probably PJ Jonas with eight children. I cannot imagine having eight children. But anyway, I, I went there to help her set up her podcast not too long ago. And um I, I one of the funny things that uh, was going on is we were working on setting up all of our equipment and stuff like that. And every now and then she would need something that wasn't in the room that we were in and kids would come in and out and she would send one kid off to go get this. And one kid would be sent to go do this. And she goes, you know, people ask me, how do I do it having eight kids? And I'm like, I don't know how people do it with only two. I mean, who goes get who goes and gets everything for you? It's really funny. Uh, but great podcast. I really want you to check it out. Go over to, I'll tell you what, I'm going to 
give you the easiest way to find the podcast. Just go to gspn.tv forward slash busy moms podcast. Again, gspn.tv forward slash busy moms podcast. And I'll take you right to the iTunes listing for her. Anyway, check it out. Um, also, real quick note, and they are also, uh, PJ is also one of my podcast mastermind members and delighted to have her on board. You know what? I, I didn't even have this in the show notes and I'm only, I, I'm not even actually going to post it on the show notes for this episode, but I will mention it right here. Um, between now and May 1st, I am going to be accepting applications for the next round of podcast mastermind members. Now, I only have room for 11 new members at this time. I got a couple existing groups that uh, have some slots that are open, and I'm looking at building one new group. So I'm going to take on 11 new podcast mastermind members starting on May 1st is when they'll officially join the organization. Now, if you have not done so already, you can go to podcastmastermind.com and listen to that episode. Before you go there, it's $297 a month for membership, or it's $3,267 for the year, which gives you a whole month free. And if that doesn't scare you away, then you can go to podcastmastermind.com, listen to all of the details, and also read all the information that's on that page. So if you've gone to podcastmastermind.com, you have listened to the audio episode, you've lit, you've read all the materials on the website there at that page, then send me an email, cliff at podcastanswerman.com and put podcast mastermind application in the subject line and then I will be sure to send you an application that you can fill out. Once I receive that, I'll look it over and if it's something where we want to proceed to the next step, I'll schedule a 30-minute call with you to do an interview and then anybody who does an interview, it usually takes a couple days before I make a final evaluation and, and determine whether or not I can get you in. And uh, yeah, just just opening it up only to 11 people. So, all right, we're going to move on to Chris. And he's got a question about bringing audio into his Skype calls and interviews and things of that nature. So here we go. Uh, hey, Cliff, this is Chris Sinzak calling from the Decibel Geek podcast in Nashville, Tennessee. The reason I'm calling you is I've had a, hit a real frustrating breaking point with something I'd like to do with my show. Um, I've noticed on a lot of podcasts, some of the people are able to play you know, sound effects live while they record with their mics and stuff. And um, We do a lot of stuff on our show with Skype with people that are on, in L.A. and New York and stuff. And I'd like to be able to play like song clips and things like that and, you know, while I'm on the conversation with them. And I even went through soundboard.com and built a soundboard with all the stuff. I even like to record. I'd like to possibly record my commercials live and everything while I'm doing stuff on Skype. Because lately I've just do everything in post production. But um, I've noticed I just cannot seem to make this work. I used to have a stereo mix option in my Windows 7 program. Uh, by the way, I use an Alice's Multimix 8 USB effects uh, mixer. And I also use two condenser mics um, through that mixer. And I, on my Windows 7, I used to have stereo mix. Then I had a crash last year, and I had to uh, upload a new version of uh, Windows 7. And since I did that, the stereo mix feature is gone. And I've tried a couple of different options. There's a thing called virtual audio cable, but it's just so complicated trying to work that out. I mean, it may, that may work, but I just don't know if it will. 
So um, is there say if you could give me any any uh, advice on how to make this work or if I'm going to have to just go out and get another computer and do this with two computers. I really can't afford that, but I'm looking for a way to do it on the uh, cheap or free if uh, preferable. So thanks again for all you do. Love your show. Listen every week, and God bless. All right, Chris. Well, thank you for the call. And I just looked up the Alesis uh, Multi-Mix 8 mixer just to confirm my suspicions. And yes, it does indeed have two auxiliary outputs. And so you can actually do this. Since you're using a mixer and you're already, I assume that you're doing a a mix minus for your Skype setup. And that's why you've got all of the mixer and the condenser mics and stuff like that that you're using. One of the things that you could do is you could actually get a second sound card for your computer. I I personally I love the Griffin iMic USB sound card. You can find that by the way at gspn.tv forward slash iMic and that's I M I C. So gspn.tv forward slash iMic and that will pull up the USB microphone or the USB sound cards that I use. I think it might be twenty some odd dollars. Anyway, you pull that in, and then what you could do is you could do a separate um, you could do a separate mix minus in the setup there to where you're actually sending that audio into your computer board, sending that um, or sending the audio from the computer into the mixer, and then making sure that that audio is going out to the person on Skype. So if you've got your auxiliary a going out to Skype. Just make sure that whatever channel you bring in from the secondary, comp- actually, you know what? I, I'm, now that I'm thinking about this, you don't even need a mix minus. You could even do this for those of you who are listening. You could do this with one auxiliary output. So you have the aux A or the only auxiliary going out to Skype. You bring in the audio from the computer using a secondary sound card, a USB sound card. Bring that into one of your channels on your mixer, and just make sure that that aux A or the aux that's going out to Skype actually has that knob turned up. That aux knob is turned up for your Skype output and they will hear everything that you're playing. And you know, I, I do that. I use a lot of uh I use a lot of sound clips. I could even put this in the background and all sorts of stuff. So Definitely would recommend doing that. If you don't want to go out and get a secondary USB card, then if you have an iPhone, an iPod, an iPad, any other kind of device like that, you could queue up audio clips on that and just use a cable to go from the headphones jack, bring that into one of the lines on your mixer, and again, just make sure that 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 aux knob is turned up so that the people on Skype can hear that. Hope that helps you out, Chris. Certainly, I know it will work, and... um, There you go. Let's see here. I'm moving on to the rest of my list for this episode. Oh, the next thing I want to do is I want to talk about iTunes, and I'm going to be starting an iTunes marketing experiment. Guys, I I cannot believe this, but yesterday I just realized that out of all the episodes, this is episode number, what, 257. So out of 256 episodes, I've never once, as far as I can recall, asked anybody to go and rate my show in iTunes or give me a review. Now, here's the situation. I I went in yesterday and I looked and over the course of all these years, I started this back in December 2006. So I've been podcasting here about podcasting for almost six years. And over the six years, I've got 35 
ratings that's earned me a four and a half stars. Most everybody's given me a five star rating, which is pretty cool. And there's been, you know, there's been quite a few. I, I didn't count them, but probably about 20 or so reviews that are out there. And yesterday, on I, I, I realized that one of the ways that you get more visible and, and show up higher in the search results and rankings is, is the higher your ratings go. And I don't know why, but I've just never really focused on it a whole lot. But I really want Podcast Answer Man to stand out from the crowd. And I wanted to do a, an iTunes marketing experiment. So starting it here on April 12th and for the next couple months, I'm going to, during each episode, I'm going to ask you to do me a favor. And if you like Podcast Answer Man, would you please look it up in iTunes and give my podcast here a rating? And also, if you have maybe two or three minutes, go ahead and write a review and let people know about your opinion about what you get out of Podcast Answer Man. And so I put this out on Twitter yesterday, which of course gets syndicated out to Facebook, which gets syndicated out to LinkedIn. And I said, would you guys believe it's the first time I've asked this, but if you would be willing, would you please leave me, give me a rating and or a review in iTunes? And I put a link to where people could do that. Here's what happened. I went from 35 ratings all all the way up to 44. So I just want to say thank you for all of you who did that. And I want to say thank you to Joe O'Keefe, Dave Stahoviak, Santos Ali, Sheila Butler, Austin Fury, Renegade Coach, Michael Hyatt, and Dubert. (laughs) I want to thank all of you for your very kind words and the reviews that you left on iTunes. And as a result of just that little push, If you look under podcasting, I am the number one podcast in the podcasting category. And that's totally awesome. I thank you for that. And I also went ahead and clicked into technology and I looked at the ratings by podcasts in technology. And and guys, there's a lot of really high quality technology podcasts in there. And just within one day, getting a couple reviews and a couple ratings, I made it to number 40 in technology podcasts. My goal My desire is to see if each and every week, if I can ask people to, you know, if you're in front of a computer, go to my my directory listing in iTunes. Is it possible for the podcast answer man to get right up to the top, to get up there and stay in the top 10 for an extended period of time? That's going to be my iTunes marketing research that I'm going to do here. And if you're interested, if you want a quick and easy way to get right to the directory listing, just go to podcastanswerman.com forward slash iTunes link. And now, my friends, it is time for that interview that I was telling you about with uh, Rob from Libsyn about some stats changes, his participation in blog world, and even a little geekiness happening and, and some other really cool things that are happening with Libsyn. So let's go ahead and play that interview for you right now. All right, my friends, somebody who is no stranger to the Podcast Answer Man community, my good friend over at Libsyn and Wizard Media, Rob Walsh, glad to have you back on the show, my friend. Cliff, thanks for having me back. Good morning. Good morning. And it is morning for you. I mean, you're an hour behind. I know that I got you out of bed early this morning just so you can come on and and talk about what's going on over at Libsyn when it comes to switching things up on stats. Yeah, we we sent out one of those emails that when you send it out, you never know how many replies you're going to get and how crazy people are going to go. It's the, it's the old saying, you know, people love stats, people hate change. 
hey, we're sending an email out telling people we're changing stats. <laughs> um, so, you know, we tried to be as detailed in the email as we could to explain why we're making the change. Now, it's not a change in the interface. It's not going to be that you're seeing new features or anything like that. It's more a change in the algorithm, which is really something we haven't messed with much in the eight years or since 2004 when Libsyn started, you know, just a little tweaks here and there. But this one was was a, a change that we thought, thought was really necessary because of how podcast consumption is changing. What we've seen in the last year, um, last two years really, but really more in the last year. And that is, you know, the old model was you got an RSS feed and someone subscribed to it early on. It was with through iPod or X and then, you know, and then iTunes. And iTunes became the dominant player. And that's where most consumption we would see was through iTunes. You know, at one point in time was 85, 90% of the consumption. And that number has dropped back a little. And, and where we're now seeing a lot of consumption is on the smartphone side. And the way smartphone and, and a lot of the apps on smartphones request the file is a little bit different than how they're requested with uh, iTunes. iTunes is, you know, on the computer, it's usually a very steady connection. Uh, there's a, a request that comes in and it pulls the download and the download continues, usually uninterrupted. And um, and even if it's a re-request, we can filter that out. We, we kind of see it. But with smartphones, people would kind of hit play and it would kind of stream. And then they would hit pause or phone call would come in. And, and then when the smartphone would go back and request again, it would look like an entirely new request. So we started realizing that there were some stats that were being inflated up a little bit on people that had very large smartphone audiences. So we kind of tweaked the algorithm to make it more realistic that when those, those smartphone requests were coming in, um, that we're not counting, double counting, triple counting, quadruple counting uh, those requests. And the algorithm is is all set up to go in and say, okay, is this the same person that was just here a minute ago? And and this is why I loved Lipson back in the day. And, and, and one of the features that drew me to your service, well, okay, no, the main feature that drew me to your service is the absolutely unlimited bandwidth for for the podcast uh downloads but but one of the features that i loved and this is i remember it was an interview that you did with with the folks who created Lipson back when you were doing podcast 411 they were talking about the the way that the stats would work because I, at the time i was actually hosting well okay i only did about four episodes uh on my own web host hosting account and this is back in 2000 late 2005 early 2006 and I got this whole, you know, uh, account suspended things. Please contact billing department. Uh, you owe us $2,000 for bandwidth. And uh, we're shutting down your account unless you stop doing this MP3 links or whatever you're doing over there. So, uh, but prior to getting shut down, I remember going in and looking at my stats. And I would, I would see the, I, I guess they're called AW stats. Or there's a couple other ways that you can run your stats on your hosting account. But it would tell me these really large numbers. But the fact was that I had a lot of people who were, you know, going to the website, stopping it somewhere in the middle, and they might actually end up clicking a link in my show notes. But then they would actually come back and hit click again and stuff like that. And so it registers that person, you know, depending on how many times they might actually do that, you could potentially have one person listening to one episode and showing up as seven downloads or or seven hits on that file, correct? Oh, yeah. Yeah. And especially some of the non-podcast hosts out there, they don't support byte range requests. 
So every time uh, there's an interruption anywhere along the, the, the path between their computer and the server, uh, it, it would come in as, as a new request. Uh, and, and by the way, we still get emails from people that have that situation where they've just been shut down. Still, people are still learning that you know you shouldn't be hosting on your uh, on your website host. Um, so, so that's not something that's gone away, unfortunately. No, uh, there's still people getting those bills. The, that is correct. And if you guys don't know what we're talking about, go to podcastanswerman.com forward slash hosting. I spent a long time putting that. Uh, post together it talks about why you should not be hosting your mp3 files on your web host even if you only have 10 people downloading your show every week right now not a big deal but trust me read the post you'll understand why anyway so so back Libsyn had this algorithm that they created back in 2006 or maybe even earlier but in 2006 i remember hearing about it that to where it would say hey you know what if we we've created an algorithm and this is the way i remember them explaining it and of course this is just me thinking about one episode i heard one time in 2006 but i remember them saying number one we can we've got an algorithm that will help us to accurately or more accurately tell if that's the same person we can judge by the ip address and then we're also taking into the account where okay well maybe you're reaching an audience let's just say there's a company and and that company has 5,000 employees and they all share the same IP address and you got 15 people who are downloading your show from that behind that same IP. Well, we've actually calculated a way in our algorithm to if you know to try to account for that as well because we want you to have accurate numbers. And I, I suppose what they were doing in the way that I heard it explained was they were kind of looking, well, it depends on how long it was from the first request from the IP address to the next one. Is, is that how I remember? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. And uh, actually, that's, the algorithm actually goes back to the beginning of, of Libsyn. So they, it was the LE, what they call the LES, uh, which is Libsyn Estimated Stats. And, and what that is is, there's a couple things in there. One of them is to say, okay, if there's mo- multiple requests from the same IP address, how long apart are, are those requests? And, and that's part of the algorithm is looking at that point apart and saying, okay, if this request comes in again um, from that algorithm, um, then it probably is a, is, is a legitimate request. But if it comes in right away with a really short period of time, um, then it's not. The, the other thing they look at too is um, if a request comes in, and we go to start serving the this file. If the file doesn't start to serve, then don't count that as a download. Right. So you know, there's there's looking at okay, because we will literally get sometimes a computer will go crazy out there, and it will request the file every five seconds or less, and, and that can in a week put a hundred thousand download requests in there for that file. So Lipson's and, had this algorithm for a very long time, though. So so what what is changing? No, I remember the email that came in and and one of the things that happened in the email is I I think you said you're bringing some stuff in house where you're actually depending on the the CDN or the content. Well, that that's a that's another change we made. So there was actually two changes. The other change we made was um we were relying on logs coming in from our CDN and um we've changed that. So what would happen is we were rely on the logs to be sent from our CDN. Um, to come in and then and, and process them. You know, it's not real-time, but as close as real-time as you, know, you could, waiting for those stats to come in. And um, every now and then, stats would stop coming in from a node. They would get delayed um, for a day, two days, three days. Not lost, but just wouldn't be coming in. And then we'd have to do this catch-up, and we'd have to reprocess stats. 
And I think this year that's happened three or four times. Uh, if you go back and you can look through the logs, we usually post whenever that happens. Um, and that's annoying. Um, and, and extra work on our side and for the end users, that's just, you know, it, it just like, why is my stats not updating? We literally have people that check their stats every hour. I used to and, do that back in the day. <laughs> and, and we'll get an email. I'll get an email from someone that says, hey, I've checked my stats the last, you know, an, uh, you know, three times this morning and they haven't changed. What's going on? And, and, and other than me saying, well, you should be spending that time promoting your show. Um, <laughs> I'll say, yeah, we're having an issue here. Go to look at the support log. You'll see that right now the stats aren't updating, but don't worry, they're not lost. They'll be updated. And, and then that's a lot of work for our guys on the back end. So we've decided to help um, alleviate that issue. We're going to take the trafficker logs. So what happens is the stat, you know, the requests come into our traffickers and then, then go out to the CDN. So now we're going to take it at the trafficker logs. We're going to use those logs. So that should make uh, stat reporting a little bit closer to real time than it was, which was pretty close as it was. Um, yeah, but now it'll be even a, a little bit closer. And it should, in theory, uh, eliminate that issue where we're having the delay of the support uh, of the tra- stats logs coming in. Gotcha. So we felt at that time was a good time to kind of put this change in place. Um, it's also given us ability uh, on the back end for our pro ser- customers um, this change um, is now allowing us for pro customers that we can do a switchover on CDNs. So if we have an issue with our CDN on the pro side, we can quickly migrate that account over to a different CDN and they can keep on delivering. So if, if ever anything ever happened on, you know, on our major CDN um, for our pro customers, it just increases the uh, support uh, or 99.999% uptime guarantee, just making it a little bit even more reliable. So two big changes here. One is that you're actually tracking the stats on your end, which means that you're relying less on outside parties to deliver you the information to process those stats. Um, And then the second one is an algorithm change that more accurately gives you stats based upon the different ways that a lot of uh, mobile devices are trying to get that material. And of course, with dropped connections and, and all that other stuff. Right. Yeah. I mean, the way we're looking at it now is we, you know, I don't know the 100% tech detail here, so please don't call me out. But the basic overview from 10,000 foot on this, as I was explained, was we're now able to better see when a smartphone request comes in um, from a user, um, from an app for that file, that if that is another request, just a continuation of that file when they say switch a cell site or something like that, and the IP changes, that we're not recounting it. As a, as a secondary download, rather as a continuation of the original download based on looking at where that request comes in for the, for the file, if it's a byte range request versus a, a brand new request from the beginning of the file or of the episode. So if, if folks sign into their Lipson account over at Lipson.com, are they, are they seeing the new stats now? Yes. Yeah. It started, everything started as far as April. First, so I mean, if you're not seeing a change, a major change, you you won't. I mean, it's you know, ultimately, what we're trying to do is put in place a change to the algorithm so that going forward, as the smartphone consumption continues to grow, as we can see it continuing to grow, um, you know, this isn't something that we think okay, it's it's reaches point and it's going to plateau. We think as we go forward, it's going to be more and more and more of the consumption is going to switch over to eventually the majority of people's downloads will be via a smartphone app of some sort. Right. You uh, know, I'm sorry, go ahead. So I was saying, we just want to make sure in the future that the stats are as accurate as they can be. I mean, 
yeah, we would love for, you know, we know people would love stats to be as high as possible. But, you know, as you mentioned before, you know, when you came over, um, you know, we had the algorithm and our stats for most people when they switch over from a non-podcast host, the stats can be anywhere from one half to one eighth of what they used to see. Exactly. And I had a, had that recently with somebody. The guy came over and goes, oh my, you know, these stats are like one, it was like one fifth. He goes, this is one fifth of what I thought my show was. I'm like, yeah, that, you know, and I had to basically tell him that the measuring stick he was using was broken and, and that the stats now are more accurate. And we consider them more accurate because, you know, it's not just because we think they're accurate. I mean, we've compared our stats to FeedBurner, Google's FeedBurner analytics uh, for when you do those stats. We've compared them to Nielsen Net Ratings. We've compared them to Blueberry and to PodTrack. And, and what we've seen when we've done these comparisons, we've asked people that are using both our stats and those stats, is typically we've seen um, everybody tracks within 5% of each other. Mm-hmm. And, and we don't think that all of us, because all of us are using some sort of uh, algorithm to filter out for the multiple IP requests. We don't think we're all wrong in the same magnitude uh, in the same direction. So I, I think when you see our stats, I think they're pretty accurate. And I think that shows when you compare it to some of the other people that are out there to, that are doing uh, podcast stats. Uh, when you compare it to people that don't know what they're doing, um, I think you'll see that our stats are much lower. But again, they're lower and accurate. Uh, the other thing I should point out, too, while we've got some podcasters that are listening, um, when you use your Libsyn URL, and I see this in Twitter a lot, you do not use a URL for your, your media file that starts with hw dot whatever. Um, it, you'll, sometimes you'll see that for, for the Libsyn URL. You only want to use the URL that's traffic.libsyn and then it has the other information. You want to make sure you take that URL right out of your interface for the links and use that one. Don't use the where that URL redirects to because one, it then bypasses the stats. Mm-hmm. So if you're using that, you're not getting your stats accurate. Um, the other thing is that URL can change. Yeah, uh, The traffic URL is a redirect and sometimes that backend file will move. So people, I'll see this on Twitter all the time. I'll, I'll be going through and I'll see this HW dot. I'm like, yeah. oh, please don't do that. And also sometimes I'll, you know, I'll, I'll try to private PM them and say, hey, I saw that you're using this URL. Don't use the URL. Use the traffic URL. So again, anyone out there, please, please, please stop using that HW1. Well, if you don't mind, let me break this down for some of the less technical folks. I'm sure probably a majority of the audience here understood everything you're just saying. But for those who are relatively new and they just signed up for their Libsyn account, let me let me break this down for them real quick, Rob. Uh, first and foremost, if you if you follow my process that I've given out in WordPress for podcasters and, and all the other tutorials that I've done, uh, basically what you've done is you've uploaded your file to Libsyn and then you've got the media URL and then you're putting that into the PowerPress um, plugin where where you verify the file and what you are getting from the account and, and this should always be the 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 formula it should always be traffic slash your username or show username slash the name of the file. So for example, I'm going to just pull one of mine up here. Mine is traffic.libsyn.com slash gspn slash, and then there's, you know, a podcast answer man dot, you know, episode such and such dot mp3. So that you should be sharing or or promoting traffic.libsyn.com slash username slash file name. Now, if I click on that episode, what happens 
is it, it pulls that up in my browser, but it immediately gets forwarded to some really long, outrageously long URL, which will be there for a, a bit. It, 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 it might be there for a, you know an hour. It could be there for five minutes. It could be there for a week. But eventually, that will likely disappear. And, and chances are, especially after 30 days, it's just going to sit on the archive servers there for a while, right? right? Well, yeah, I mean, we just make no guarantee how long it's going to be at that. It could be forever, but not likely. I mean, because if we switch CDNs, that URL will eventually break. So, I mean, it, at some point in time, that URL will break. And, and what you said is exactly what happens. People put that URL in the traffic one in their browser to see to make sure the file's working. And they and they they put it in and they hit return and it brings it up and it starts playing, say in Safari, and then they go, okay, good, the file's working. Then they go up to the browser window, you know, bar, and then they copy the U, the new URL which it's redirected to. Yes. And then they post that on Twitter. And I'm like, oh, please don't do that. Yeah, because you're not getting your stats, and there's no. I mean, and and Twitter's not as big of a deal because it's it's almost real time, but it, you're still you're not getting your stats. Mm-hmm. But but the other thing is, is what if somebody else says, wow, this was really amazing. They go pull that URL that you shared and then they blog about it. And the next thing you know, you know, 30, 60 days later, they, they drive in, you know, they're still getting traffic to the post where they blogged about you. And when people click on the file, it's not there. Right. I, I see it retweeted all the time. So not just the original person posting it, it's being retweeted. So you, you've done the social thing, right? You've gotten your, your, your episode retweeted but you've gotten the wrong URL retweeted and it's not counting for your stats. Exactly. Um, the other thing I want to bring up while you're on here is user agents. Have you guys made some changes? Because I'm, if, you go to, if you go to your account and go to your statistics and look at the bottom, you guys have countries, states, US markets, referrers, monthly totals, but there's a tab in the middle that says user agents and it looks a little bit more um, in uh, descriptive. The, the actual... Uh, items. So I see Apple Core Media, which I I understand that to be that's just the built-in QuickTime player in an iPhone or right, iOS. That's the, yeah, that's the main media player in in that you use as a developer on your apps. So it it can be pretty much when you see that it really just means a smartphone app. Gotcha. Uh, on the i on the iOS platform. Oh, so it could be a smartphone app as well. Right. It doesn't. It it, it can mean Apple's built-in media player. Um, but it, it, it can also like Safari, uh-huh. that would be the Safari player, um, on the iOS, but it also is the ones that a lot of times, a lot of different apps use that. Gotcha. So it can be some of these RSS player apps. Right. Okay. And then I see iTunes. Everybody knows what that is. Um, or most people do iTunes dash iPhone, iTunes dash iPod. And those are, of course are where the people are using iTunes on the, you know, the actual iTunes application on one of those devices. Then there's one that just says Apple iPhone OS 5. So it looks like there's a different way to, you know, break it down just for that one operating system. Uh, And let's see, there's Firefox. So you can see the web browser. You got MSIE, which is Microsoft Internet Explorer. You've got Chrome, Mozilla, BlackBerry is on here, which is pretty cool. Uh, Zune is listed in here. Then you've got iTunes iPad. And then what's iTunes iPad M? Uh, I have I, no... I don't mean to... I mean, there's so, there, here's the thing. There's so many user agents now. <laughs> and I know our guys are, are trying to update the database on what they are. And, uh, and, and, you know, they pull in... Whenever these agents report the information back, you know, we get them into our stats. So, yeah. um, 
I, I can't even tell you all of them. Sometimes, you know, I'm going through and I'm looking at them and I'm seeing like, you know, when Dalvik first came out, I'm like, what's this? And I have to go back to the guys and say, hey, I saw a big one in the stats. What are these? And, you know, and I'm trying to look through our main stats to see who like the top yeah. ones are. Well, the, um, here, the ones that are confusing is like Python dash URLIB, Python something URL library, um, I guess. And then there's WTV, ACCEL and NS player and, I used to know what the Python, the Python one would be like, um, oh, what was one of the, is it Miro or one of, one of the, okay. Yeah. I think it was, it was one of those aggregators was using Python in it. And I can't remember which one it was, if it was Miro or not. Um, but maybe it's not because I think maybe Miro shows up as Miro, but, um, there's another one out there that was kind of based on that engine that, um, is a Python one that's used in quite a few actually applications. What's really cool about getting the users, the user agents is just to know that people are not simply using iTunes to subscribe to your podcast. The, the one of the biggest mis- one of many mistakes that I see podcasters make is thinking, well, this is how I found podcasting. This is how I subscribe to podcasts. And because this is the way they do it, that's the only p- way people do it. For example, I recently saw a post somewhere where somebody asked a question. It's like, well, obviously, I-, I need to ask people a question because how important it is my website? Because honestly, all these years I've subscribed to podcasts, I never go to anybody's website except for maybe one or two podcasters who have some affiliate links and stuff like that. And I want to benefit them by clicking through their links. But really, all these, I subscribe to a ton of podcasts and I never go to them. So I assume that really I shouldn't even bother with creating a, a, a website. I should just focus on my content. And I'm like, well, that depends. You know, you assume that that's the way that you're getting it. But, but the, the truth is, is what if you share that with somebody in social media? Where are you linking them to? You're not linking them to your, your iTunes account. You're not linking them to this. You're linking them to your website. And you sh- your website should be nice because a lot of people are going to blog about you, hopefully, and, and share you. And, and the chances are your website could be the first impression you make. Yeah, I mean, what I say to people is make sure you have a website presence um, and make sure that that website presence works with an iOS device, works on an iPad and an iPhone. Um, you know, if you don't have one, Go to the Apple Store, go to the Best Buy, pull up your website, and see if you can click and play your episode. Uh, it's really important to get that to work because there is a certain amount of people that will discover your show via a website. They don't, still don't know about podcasting. Um, and then it's your job in your episode, you know, at the end of the episode, say, hey, did you like this? Are you subscribed through iTunes? It, it is best to get people subscribed through or subs- iTunes. Or subscribe through somewhere. It doesn't right. have to be through iTunes even. Right. And, and look, we still see iTunes is still the number one place for discovery. I mean, by far, and, you know, if you want to see a show take off, it was featured on iTunes, you know, it'll take off. Um, that's still the number one place of discovery, but it's not the only place. And as we're seeing, you know, smartphone apps are coming in. Uh, what won't show up in your stats um, accurately is Stitcher, because Stitcher yep. only pulls one episode, one download of your file. So yep. for that episode, they're going to pull one episode of, of your, your app, um, that the most recent uh, one ver- one copy of that episode, and then they transcode it into a different format on their servers, and then reserve it. So in a much you, low in a much lower uh, quality. And let me let me just say but this. I, I I do like Stitcher. Stitcher has to do that, and they had to do that because of the rules Apple had in place that you had to have, you have your file at fifty six kilobits per second to stream it. So Stitcher did that to be compliant with the rules that Apple had in place. 
um, um, for a streaming app for it to work over cellular and you know and 2G, 3G, uh, and 4G. So it, Stitcher did what they did because they were forced to do it and encode it at that rate. Uh, and because a lot of people that create podcasts, there is no standard. If you ask people how they encode their, their MP3 files, it's all over the place. I'll see people at 320 kilobits per second encoding on their MP3, and I'm just like, what are you doing? Well, hey, uh, I really appreciate the information on the stats. One of There are two other things I want to bring up, and I only told you about one other one. But uh, one is is that you're coming to Blog World New York City. Yes, and, good to uh, see you again, Cliff, and I am looking forward to that. I am looking forward to it as well. Uh, just real quickly, you want to tell people the panel that you're putting together? Uh, I've got one panel on the uh, monetization of podcasting. So yes, you can make money with podcasting. Um, and... and we're going to talk about the different ways, like 11 or 12 different ways you can possibly monetize through podcasting or main ways you can monetize. I'm sure there's more. Um, and uh, on the panel, I'm going to have uh, Hemda from Keith and the Girl. She's going to talk about some of the ways that they've been doing podcast monetization. They've been doing it for uh, six years now. Uh, I've got um, uh, Ken Plume, who many people may not know who Ken Plume is. He's behind the guy um, producer for the Smodcast Network. So he's going to talk about the different ways the Smodcast Network is making money. And, 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 um, and then we also have Paul Culligan. And Paul has been involved with podcasting, uh, one of the very you know, early guys on the premium side of things with uh, premium podcasting, helping um, a, different, a lot of different people out there um, monetize early on through that side. And, and he's worked with a lot of different people. And then myself, so from my experience at Wizard and, and Libsyn on how people have monetized. So I think we've got a pretty good panel uh, it's going to be a nice little format, uh, 10 minutes to talk about the different ways. Then each of those other people are going to spend 10 minutes talking about how they have been personally involved with monetizing. And then we're going to have a 20-minute Q&A at the end uh, for people to ask questions um, about how to monetize. Very awesome. And then I know you're doing another panel as well, and it's about uh, interviewing people. Right. And this one, I actually uh, get reunited with Mer Lafferty. Me and Mer wrote uh, Tricks of the Podcasting Masters together. And uh, so we're going to get to do a panel together, which is going to be fun. And uh, we're going to talk about uh, just different tips and tricks on the technical side, on the style side of doing a good interview. Uh, what, what, what some of the do's and the don'ts are. Uh, so if you are interested in doing interviews, and, we, and I believe that interview podcasts are one of the best ways to grow your audience. Um, you know, and then we're going to talk about that. That's one of the, you know, the, the keys. If you can do a good interview, you make someone sound good, they have a good following, they're going to promote that uh, interview you did with them, and that helps grow your audience. So um, if you, you know, one of the excellent ways, the best ways to grow your audience, interviews, and we're going to have some tips and tricks on how to make those interviews better. Awesome. It's going to be amazing, folks. If you haven't already, go over to podcastanswerman.com. Click over on the right-hand side. It says, I'm speaking at Blog World. Click through there. And that's my get my affiliate code on there. But you can actually go in and sign up today as a three day blogger slash podcaster pass. If you use promo code GSPN10 in the shopping cart, get 10% off your registration. And one final thing and something I am so excited about. I have over the years I've referred. I'd say it's safe to say hundreds of podcasters uh, to sign up for an account at Lipson. And uh, you guys just turned something new on for me this month. What is that about? We finally changed around our billing. So people noticed our billing has changed in the last uh, few months. Uh, you know, we no longer do the PayPal for new setups. It's a credit card. And, um, and with the new billing, 
uh, we were able to add in now the ability to add some promo codes in. And, and we're doing this very limited, so please, folks, don't email me asking to be an affiliate because we're not doing this as a wide open program. We, we actually uh, selected just a few people um, that are experts in the podcasting field and yourself being the first one actually contacted. And, and you now have the uh, GSPN promo code. So if you are someone that's out there on the fence about podcasting, you can now get a free month of uh, podcast hosting at Libsyn uh, when you use the GSPN promo code. So all they do is they go to Libsyn.com, select the account that they want. And my recommendation these days is, I think it, it's the $20 account that gives you the, is the smallest one that gives I, you the advanced stats, right? I highly recommend the $20 account. Yeah, I mean, if you want to do the smart, be part of the smartphone app, if down the line you want to be part of the premium offering we have, um, but especially because of the stats. I mean, if you want to know not just how many downloads you're getting, but where those downloads are coming from, uh, are they coming from California? Are they coming from LA? Are they coming from Chicago? You know, are, where in the world they're coming from down to the city level, the state level, the country level? The advanced stats are great. It also, again, gives you the user agent information we talked about, uh, even refer information so you can see which websites are referring uh, people through to you. So uh, advanced stats... I couldn't live without them. So so they go to Libsyn.com. They click on the plans and pricing. They choose one of the options. Doesn't matter which one they choose. Mm-hmm. And then they go to sign up. And when they go to sign up, at what point right do they when, get? Right when they're picking the, the level and that one page, at the there's a place in there for the promo code. And you just put the GSPN promo code in. Okay, so you just type in GSPN, mm-hmm. and you do give your credit card, so you're all, you, you are signing up. You do need to give up. a credit card because we don't want people getting a hold of promo codes with that are basically spammers. And if they come in and start uploading, you know, uh, media files and or file sharers, uh, that causes us a lot of legal headache. So we still have to require a credit card. Sure. And so that you go in and and you sign up with your credit card, but they're not billed for the first month. Is that how it's working? Hey guys, it's me here and I wanted to pop in in post-production and I figured this would be the perfect place to insert two points that are necessary to take away from this interview with Rob. First, I just wanted to quickly mention that Rob talked about uh, stats as it relates to Stitcher Radio. If you're actually inserted into the Stitcher Radio network, then they're only pulling one episode and then transcoding, retranscoding that and then all of a sudden putting it out and therefore you're not getting any stats from Stitcher. And that is absolutely correct. Your lips and stats will only show one download for the multitudes that may actually listen to your podcast using Stitcher. Now, here's the thing I wanted to point out is that if you go to Stitcher and as a producer, you log in with your credentials, you can actually see some really awesome stats that they have. So you are not losing those stats. It's just that if you're using Stitcher, if you want to get a full view of your audience You'll need to look into Libsyn for your Libsyn stats and then go in and look at your Stitcher stats that they provide to you. And the other thing that I wanted to bring in and the reason why I broke in right now is when I originally asked Rob how the first free month worked out when they're taking your credit card right as you're signing up. Um, he didn't have a thorough answer as far as, you know, when are you getting billed for that very first time? And I got an email back from Rob and great news is, is that one of the things that is guaranteed is you will not be billed for anything for, for a minimum of 30 days for the, so at least for 30 days. And in fact, this is, this is what happens. He says right now, the way that it works is they actually bill 
on the first of each month. He says that could change in the future because now they have this new billing system. But uh, right now they don't bill on the first of each month or they only bill on the first of each month. So he says what that means is that if you sign up on, let's just say, April 15th, your credit card would not be charged for the first time until June 1st. And they always bill one month in advance. So for at least right now, there are there's a good chance that until they may change their billing cycle from the first of each month to where it's just billed 30 days after you sign up, um, there's a possibility that you could actually even have more than a month. So if you signed up on the 5th or the 6th or the 7th, you're going to actually get almost two months free. But uh, again, that could potentially change. But the one thing I definitely wanted to let you know is that you are guaranteed that if you use my promo code, GSPN, when you sign up, uh, you will definitely not be charged for those first 30 days. Just wanted to throw that in, and now I'm going to return you back to the pre-recorded interview with Rob. As a matter of fact, I had forgotten that you were giving away the first month free. I thought people would just be interested to know that, hey, if, if you want to, you can now use a promo code GSPN, and I get credit. <laughs> Which, believe it or not, that's one of the things I love about podcasting and, and building an audience, a relationship with your audience is is some people are afraid, you know, when they came out with this all whole deal where the FCC was cracking down on people, uh, not the FCC, the somebody else. Um, but anyway, the the people who said, you know, you have to disclose. And I'm like, why wouldn't you disclose? I mean, if you've got a great relationship with your audience, they're, they're going out of their way to find ways to benefit you if you've done nothing but provide value to them. So uh, that's one of the things I appreciate about my audience here anyway. Let me say this uh, for anyone that's currently a Libsyn user. If you want to use the promo code for, a, say, a second account, um, use a second email address. Sign up with a second email address to do that because it, it won't allow you to add one to your current email address. And then after you've created the second email address, you can then request to have the, um, the email address changed so that one, your original email address controls both accounts. Very cool. Yeah, so we don't have, there's no way for us to do where you do the add account into your thing to add the promo code in. So the only way to do it is just use a second email address uh, for the for the new show. Okay, so, and you're talking about just adding a new show. And this is something that came up as a question, and and then I'll let you go, Rob, because I know you got plenty of other things to do today. But um, the, I think it was last week, maybe two weeks ago, I was asked, you know, about having an RSS feed for another show. So if let's just say somebody and folks just hear me out here. I do not recommend this. I, I recommend that you use Libsyn for two things and two things only media hosting and stats and then just pull the traffic.libsyn.com slash media slash file name. Pull that out. Put it in WordPress. Follow my instructions. Ignore the fact that I'm telling you this. But, Rob, there are some people who would go in into, into Lipson, and you guys are full service. You don't have to have a WordPress account. You could play, you know, 15, well, 20, you know. He, he, with, with the Lipson account, for those of you, that, you know, I, I take a different approach, and I'll recommend you can use Lipson for everything, for your website host yes. and for your RSS feed. It makes everything very easy to do, and you can make certain posts just go to your, your podcast feed, and some go to just to the website and you can see name, so we don't lock you into anything. So you can bring in your own domain name, and you can have it yourdomain.com slash RSS be your RSS feed. And, and so as far as the outside world's concerned, you're not really hosting on Libsyn. It's just like you're hosting on a WordPress site, and you don't have the security issues and the updates you have to do with WordPress and all the other 
nasty bits that, that come with WordPress. So there's some downsides to WordPress. So I would say if you are really just want to make your life the easiest possible where you can upload and post, and here's a beauty too, you use an app called iAudition, you can record with the app iAudition, and you can then, with that app, upload via FTP the MP3 file that you've created on iAudition. So it'll export as an MP3 on, say, from your iPhone or your iPad. And you can FTP that to the QuickCast folder in, in the Libsyn account, and that will go right to, the, right to your RSS feed and post immediately. You don't have to even log into your Libsyn account. So you can use your Libsyn in that way if you're using the Libsyn RSS feed, where you can create a podcast on your smartphone device, upload that file right via FTP to your QuickCast folder, and that goes live on your RSS feed, and you never did anything else. That's it. Number one, folks, don't listen to him. <laughs> Number two, uh, just just curiously, with the I audition, can you add artwork ta- metadata? To we're we're that? talking to the producers about that right now. No, right now the only thing yeah. in there in the ID three tags they're pulling over is what you put in for the title, folks. Uh, we're talking with them, but hey, if you want a way. To get an, an MP3 up on your RSS feed, you're at a trade show or something like that, and and you want to get some updates to your RSS feed. Yeah, this is a really nice way to do that, um, and and you don't have to get on the computer. This is also nice for people that have an iPad as their main computer. Now you can use your iPad to do everything: yeah. uh, record, upload, and you can do it all right from the iPad. And never even have to touch a computer. And my recommendation is, if you are in this purely as a hobby. Do what Rob's talking about. If you're not and you're representing a business or brand, you want to look professional, do everything right. Do it my way. <laughs> it just comes down to, you know, if you're trying to save time, you're trying to make no, it a little no, it, easier. Yeah, yeah, I get it. It, 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 and, and what you're trying to do, if you don't have a website, but I mean, we have a lot of people that come in and sign up for a Libsyn account. They don't have a website. Yeah, I know. I get that. And that's, and so let me get back to my original question. And, and what that was is that, um, Let's just say somebody does use your full service features and, and, and you do you from beginning to end, you have everything all in one box. And I think that that's great for a, for an option for many people um, for somebody who has one show with you guys and they want to add a they want to start doing a second podcast. I, I told people that the only way they're going to get a second RSS feed that's separate from the one that's already from Lipson that, that they may have sent onto iTunes, the only way they can get a second RSS feed and separate the two shows is by adding a separate show if they're using the all-inclusive account and the website and stuff. That's almost true. You kind of can do two shows in one account and manage two different RSS feeds. It, it and it, it requires using FeedBurner, and because of the way the Lipson account works, is you can only have one piece of artwork uploaded. Um, you can do categories in your description. Okay. And, and if you pick a category uh, um, under the advanced options and descriptions, um, you could have two feeds. So you could have one category called, um, let's say, it's uh, Show One, and one category called Show Two. And you pick it for you know which one you want for which show. Now you have your RSS feed becomes your account.libson.com forward slash RSS forward slash show one or forward slash show two. So now you've got two RSS feeds. You then point two different feed burner accounts at the two different show RSS feeds. And then on the iTunes, 
you use the manage the iTunes options and the artwork over, uh, assuming iTunes in FeedBurner, you, you click to manage the iTunes artwork and, and um, iTunes tags. So we have some people that do use a single account managing for two or three or four RSS feeds. Um, we don't recommend it. Is If you plan to monetize your show, we don't recommend it because You're we don't support that for advertising campaigns. We don't support that for smartphone apps. We don't support that for the premium offering. Yeah, and, this, and the stats are all going to be can jumble together jumble together yeah. right that's right and so so okay so that does um it's technically that. possible yeah it's kludgy at best yeah and, and not to mention the fact that the people who are using your all-inclusive feed they they've actually taken the main rss from Lipson, the actual Lipson rss and submitted that to itunes so they would actually have to do the two categories set up in each of those to do i uh, to do the feed burner redirects and then they would have to actually probably talk to you about getting the original uh, Lipson account and doing an iTunes redirect so that it will direct it from the main RSS feed into one of the category, you know, category for podcast one feed. Because uh, let's just say my let's my show number one is in iTunes. All of a sudden, if I create the two different categories, my show number one will continue to get my show number two's episodes unless those iTunes subscribers who were originally subscribed to my show number one get switched over to uh, my lips and account category my show number one what what you would do in that situation if you were planning to do this can we we're <laughs> neither of us are recommending this <laughs> neither of us are recommending yeah, I mean we're saying don't do this but if you are someone that says I like hot stoves I like touching hot stoves um, if that's your personality and you want to move forward with touching the hot stove, here's what you would do. Um, you would first, before you created the second feed, you go into your iTunes, uh, into Libsyn account, and you go into the destination um, and you click on the RSS feed and then you click on advanced options. And then you go down to the bottom of advanced options and there's a box in there that says RSS tag and, and, and warns you, don't put stuff in here that you don't know what you're doing. And in that box, you're going to put stuff in there that you kind of maybe don't know what you're doing, which is the iTunes new feed tag. So you would put the iTunes new feed tag in there to be the feed burner feed that you're eventually going to, you're going to set up for that special slash RSS. So you would put in the iTunes new feed tag in there for your main feed. You would wait about a week, maybe two weeks, probably two weeks would be best. And by that time, the majority of your audience would be switched over to the new feed. iTunes will have switched over to the new feed. And at that time, which would be the feed burner feed, at that time you could then go in, uh, remove that. Um, uh, you, actually, you probably could leave that there. Um, at that time, you can then go in and create the secondary feed. Um, and, and no, you should remove it. Yeah, you would want to remove it yeah, from okay. the from the that that box, and then create the secondary feed using the category again. This is it, it's so non-recommended. It's kludgy so, at best. Yeah. And, and not to mention the fact that I'm thinking, well, you're going to, if you leave it for two weeks, just get everything switched over to the feed burner feed. Well, the th- feed burner feed can't be set up unless you've already got content in it because I all of well, a sudden. You, can't, you can do that. You can create the category. You have to go through every one of your posts. You have to add that category in and, and then you'd have the secondary feed and you'd gotcha. be pointing to that. You know, one of the things about <laughs> Libsyn that I'll say right now which is, you know, has been true since Lipson started. We give you the tools to do whatever you want to do. That's so what I love want, about you guys. Right, if you want to go and do the WordPress, we give you the tools to allow you to do that. If you want to use our RSS feed and eventually leave, we allow you to put in the iTunes new feed tag. We allow you to do a redirect. 
we don't lock you in and in any way, shape, or form. So, I mean, if you're with us and you're doing the lips and feet, don't feel threatened that, oh, you, you know, down the line, you're going to be locked into that. You're not. Yeah. You know, we have the tools in place for you to do it. You don't even have to contact customer support. But you, you can, can and they'll help you even. That, that's the great right. thing. Absolutely. Because the, the chances are most of you won't know what you're doing and, and just ask them. Say, hey, just email support at Libsyn.com. Tell me this is what I want to do. And they'll they'll walk you right through it. Yeah, I mean, Real quickly, episode 256 was last week. And that's the one where it says, um, do, 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 how do I cr- add a second show to my Libsyn account? Stephanie called last week to ask this question. And so Stephanie and everybody else listening, if you want to know my recommendation for adding a second show to Libsyn, go back to episode number uh, 256. It's podcastanswerman.com forward slash 256. And I stand by what I shared in that last episode. Yeah, I just say if you want to add a second show, you really want to monetize it and you want to use any of our monetization tools, get a second account. It's, that's the simplest and best solution. Um, and, and, you know, it, it depends on what your goals are with your podcast. If your goals are, hey, I want to do premium, I want to do the smartphone apps, I want to do, you know, some of the different things that Libsyn offers on the monetization side, you want to do ad campaigns with us, we really need you to have the secondary account because you need the secondary account so that we can give you um, a demographic survey. And, and here's a little secret for your folks out there. Uh, every account has a demographic survey set up. If you use uh, wizard.tv, it's www.wizard, with two Z's, .tv, forward slash survey, forward slash your Libsyn account. And that's your demographic survey. Cool. And, and if you want to figure out what your demos are and promote that to your audience. If you want to do, um, you know, you want to use that for um, a slide deck you're putting together on your show, or if you want to work with us in advertising, you can go ahead and see that we have that survey set up for you. Obviously we will share any demographic information that's gathered um, for your account. Um, And the email address that it it requests is optional. As a matter of fact, every question is optional and we do not share or use those email addresses. They're only for you. So if you want to offer up like a contest for your audience to come in and fill out the demographic survey, we will give you the email addresses. We do not do anything with them other than give them to you. We consider them the email addresses, your property. Um, the rest of the information we will use with you um, if you agree to work with us for advertising to share with advertisers. Excellent. Rob, thank you so much for coming on the show this week. Cliff, thank you so much for having me and I look forward to seeing you in June. We'll see you then. Well, my friends, that's going to wrap it up for this episode of Podcast Answer Man. I hope that we didn't get a little too geeky there with kind of wrapping things up with Rob, talking about what might be possible with a single account at Lipson. I I do apologize if it got a little bit too technical for you, but uh, that's what happens when you get two geeks talking about things like the that i do encourage you however if you're looking to add a second show to your Lipson account that you follow all of the advice i gave you last week in episode number 256 at podcastanswerman.com slash 256 hey real quick before i run out of music here i want to bring up a couple things one is a reminder for blog world and new media expo man i am so pumped up and excited about all the people i'm hearing about who are coming to blog world 15 members of the podcast mastermind not to mention that there are many gspn.tv community members who are actually going to be speaking at blog world it's going to be awesome to see them there 
and uh, it, and just the podcasting community as a whole. I, the the buzz is happening, and, and and it's just people are excited. I'm I'm ah, I couldn't be more thrilled. Anyway, if you haven't heard about it, head over to blog. Actually, you know what? Do this. First and foremost, it is June 5th, 6th, and 7th in New York City. And if you want to register, go to gspn.tv forward slash blog world sign up. It's all together one word, gspn.tv forward slash blog world sign up. And that'll give you uh, the registration page. If you use promo code gspn10 or 10, it gives you 10% off of your registration cost. So again, go to promo, or actually go to gspn.tv forward slash blog world sign up and use promo code gspn at gspn10. Ah, so many promo codes. Anyway, sorry about that. Uh, moving forward, oh, and I want to remind you to subscribe to the podcast report. That is the podcast devoted to the podcasting track of Blog World and New Media Expo. Getting ready to record the second episode here right after this. And then I do want to say thank you to those of you who have been using my Bluehost hosting account affiliate code quilterinthegap.com and it just is pod.com. Again, that's quilterinthegap.com and it just is pod.com. Both of those folks used my affiliate link to sign up for their hosting account with Bluehost. I think it's only $6.95 a month. If you want more information about a hosting account and all my thoughts in very detailed fashion, head over to podcastanswerman.com slash hosting. If you do use my affiliate code, I do get a generous commission. And so I say thank you to those of you who are out there using that affiliate link. And then of course, uh, almost out of music, just want to remind you about my iTunes experiment. Uh, If you want to go over to iTunes, do a search for Podcast Answer Man. And if you would leave me a rating and or review, I would be very much appreciative. God bless you all. I'll talk to you again next week. Bye-bye.